Warning, the following broadcast is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice or firearm safety, competence, or proficiency training. This broadcast is solely for entertainment, discussion, and informational purposes. Side effects may include a sudden undeniable urge to exercise your Second Amendment rights, and you may in fact turn into a gun nut. You've been warned. Welcome to Locked, Loaded, and Legal. I am your host, Mike Jeremita, attorney with Jeremita Law Offices, with your host, Jose Morales, firearms instructor and lead instructor and owner of Philly Firearms Academy. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we've got an interesting topic. We're going to talk about the life-altering decision of becoming a gun owner. With power comes great responsibility. So we're going to strip it down to the bare bones here, Jose. We're going to start with talking about before the buy. We're going to talk to you guys as if we're talking to to a six-year-old. Six-year-olds that can actually legally purchase firearms. (laughs) Well, why not? Because even if you've owned guns for years, maybe there's some things that you don't know, right? Maybe there's always something new to learn. So it's important for us to do this. And sometimes you come from you can come from another state like I was speaking to someone today that was that came from Chicago of all places and they were they were really surprised at how simple and easy it was to get a license to carry and uh, they had some questions that uh, were answered incorrectly by their gun buddies happens all the time and unfortunately uh, causes people a lot of trouble so we're gonna talk about some of the things you ought to know before you get involved or if you already have been a gun owner for quite some time, some things you might want to consider. So this really starts with uh, some practical hands-on experience, Jose. What can you tell folks about some of the decisions that you need to to make when you make this investment? Well, you have to really give it some thought before the, the actual buy, before you actually go in and purchase a firearms, a firearm for personal home defense, you have to really sit down and think this process through. It's really um, not like purchasing any other thing. I mean, this this tool is gonna protect your life, it's gonna protect your loved ones, and you know, again, with great power comes great responsibility. So I always approach any firearms purchase as an investment, um, as an investment in my safety and the safety of my family. So with that, it requires some forethought and some training and preparation afterwards as well. It's not just a a one-time purchase. So that's really important from the onset. You know, you need to learn what you need to know prior to actually buying that gun. You don't want to. You don't want to make costly mistakes. Something as simple as how to purchase the right firearm based on your body style or any physical limitations that you may have, or how often you may go to the range. Because believe it or not, if you know a 75-year-old um, woman, for example, says to me, you know, I want to purchase a firearm, I probably will choose or suggest a a gun that's very different from someone who may be in their um, middle 20s to early 30s and are are planning on shooting for a long time or shooting um, on a regular basis at the range. Again, it really is purchasing the right tool for the individual, not only, again, from the standpoint of a firearms instructor, but I'm sure that there are things as a firearms attorney, you know, that people would need to know prior to actually picking up a gun. Right, Mike? Sure. And it's great that you brought that up because I once heard a story about this elderly woman who went in to purchase her first gun and she wanted something that looked similar to what Dirty Harry had. I like her already. That's that's (laughs) awesome. Well, they sold it to her and it turned out that it wasn't the most practical firearm for 
for her requirements. And so. I've had individuals that have come to me with, I think, with severe arthritis in their 80s mm-hmm. with a subcompact gun in a high-velocity caliber. Mm. And when I take them to the range and they fire that one round, they literally will drop the gun. And it's the scariest thing in the world because they weren't suggested the correct gun. Uh, you know, gun stores are frequented by very competent people usually behind the counters, but not all of these places uh, have certified trained instructors that whose best interest is the actual right firearm for the individual purchasing the gun. Um, so it's we need to take that into account and educate ourselves, be proactive, and learn how to purchase the right tool for us. So important, so important. And one of the things that people commonly overlook that I see on the legal side all the time, unfortunately, most of the time before it's too late, is when people attempt to purchase a firearm or attempt to get a license to carry and they're ineligible. It's important to know the eligibility requirements. If you've got a conviction that renders you ineligible, it's not just violent felons who can't purchase firearms. That's a common misconception. It's much more broad than that. Uh, For example, one of the most common ones we see is under federal law, if you've been convicted of a felony punishable by greater than one year or a misdemeanor punishable by greater than two years. You now, that's ineligible. not actually what you what you serve, right? And a lot of times people say, well, served. that's not what I serve. It so. doesn't matter. You got house arrest, you got probation, you never served a day inside. doesn't matter. It looks to the max sentence the judge could have possibly given you. And a lot of times people don't know what their max sentence could have been. So it's important to seek competent counsel before you just go ahead and try to buy. Because if you do, and you're ineligible due to a conviction or due to mental health treatment that you've sustained under federal law or Pennsylvania law or the laws of your state, uh, particularly here in Pennsylvania, people are routinely charged with crimes for providing inaccurate information. Now, they may have not uh, known it was inaccurate when they provided it, And they may ultimately be able to win in court if they can convince a jury that they didn't have that mens rea, that mental state required. Uh, But you cannot beat the ride. People are routinely uh, tried because of these sorts of things, and it ruins people's lives. So what you're saying, Mike, is that someone can, you know, with no malice, fill out the form and uh, honestly not remember or not realize that they were a prohibited person, not know the law because they're not required to know the law, and actually be held liable for filling that form out incorrectly? Absolutely. A mistake of law will not be an excuse. A mistake of fact may be in the context of these crimes. And the lead charge they usually bring is a felony. So this is very serious stuff. And and people get dragged through this process for something that happened decades ago and they didn't realize prohibited them. Uh, you've got to do your homework. You've got to make sure that you're eligible before you go ahead. And understand that eligibility requirements for purchasing a firearm in Pennsylvania are different than the eligibility requirements for getting a license to carry firearms. The, the most important one that we see is that if you've been convicted of any offense under the Drug and Cosmetic Act here in Pennsylvania, and that's what I'll refer to it as even though it's got a longer, more formal name, But any offense will prohibit you from eligibility for a license to carry firearms, whereas for owning, possessing, purchasing a firearm, that drug and cosmetic offense needs to be punishable by greater than two years. 
Hmm. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, so ignorance of the law really isn't an excuse. But what's nice about um, about you, Mike, is that you have a website where individuals can get a free consultation when in doubt. Reach out um, mm-hmm. and uh, and just ask. What's the, what's that website? It's called your two a rights dot com. Y o u r the number two, the letter a r i g h t s dot com. As in your Second Amendment rights. And the reason we set this up is actually because of some input from Jose, we've seen <laughs> so many people get denied. I'm getting two calls a week on people who didn't realize they were prohibited. We wanted to set up some sort of resource or mechanism for people to be able to avoid uh, these kinds of you know, traumatic life experiences. Absolutely. Again, it's one of these things where, you know, knowing the law is half the battle. So, uh, uh, these things need to be taken into account before we even step into a gun store and realize that, you know, if you decide to purchase a firearm for personal or home defense, even for recreation or because it's your Second Amendment right and you can, it requires a lifestyle shift. Your life is going to be different. Maybe people are going to look at you a little bit differently. People that you never thought uh, would look at you differently may go, uh, hmm, why do you want a gun? Who do you want to shoot? Mm-hmm. So be, you know, be prepared to be judged and to be also judged to a higher standard in the event you have to use that gun. So these are the things that we're going to explore a little bit uh, more in depth as the uh, as this episode progresses. And also, during our next segment, we're going to delve into gun owner responsibilities. And welcome back to the next segment of Locked, Loaded, and Legal. We left off talking about gun owner responsibilities. Gun owner responsibilities, it's not a game. If you're going to purchase a firearm, a little bit of forethought is necessary. And, you know, one of the things that breaks my heart, Mike, is whenever I hear any kind of uh, news story where an innocent was killed or a police officer was shot or there was a negligent discharge or there was an accident, all of the negative stuff that we hear on the news all the time, because we never hear any of the positive stuff, right? It's a very, very sad situation. And these tragedies are many times avoidable. And unfortunately, people didn't take the steps necessary in order to avoid them. So I think we can all agree it's a black eye on the community as gun owners. You know, as a community of law-abiding gun owners, we've got enough going against us that we don't need these sorts of situations. So hopefully we could point some people in the right direction to take these steps to avoid these types of things in the future. And it's important we have these conversations and we bring these points to the forefront. You can never have too much education and you and it's always good to circle back around and review some of the foundational safety rules which, you know, will keep everybody really safe. And you made a really good point. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse because on the first couple of pages of every firearms manual are the firearms safety rules. And it's expected that we as consumers read the manual, RTFM for all of our military veterans out there, read the friggin' manual, right, prior to purchasing a firearm. So, you know, how likely am I if I were, if I had an accident, quote unquote, right? To be able to, as a legal excuse, say, well, it was an accident, I didn't mean to, when the firearm safety rules clearly state, always keep the gun point in the safe direction, and it's on page two of your manual. Right, you'd only have that to your advantage, unfortunately, if you were in a situation where the crime charged requires some kind of mental state, such as intent. But if you're in a situation where the crime only requires negligence, Mm. or perhaps recklessness, then you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. 
because firearms are inherently dangerous. Let's face it. Let's mm-hmm. not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. These are tools that can take somebody's life. And you're holding little explosions in your hands, so don't forget about that, you people. You are. You are. So you need to take the proper precautions in order to make sure that you don't harm others and that it's used for its intended purpose. So as sophomoric as it sounds, we're going to go over just really three basic gun owner responsibilities. It's just three things. And, you know, we can all agree, right, that we all know at least three things, right? Our names, our email addresses, and our bank card pins, right? At least three things. So all you got to do is focus on three specific areas, and pretty much any gun tragedy, right, can be avoided. First thing to do is ensure that your firearm doesn't fall into the hands of children or criminals. So that means secure your firearms. If I had a dollar for each individual that had to take one of my basic pistol safety courses, because Pennsylvania believes in remedial education, and they require you to train after you get your gun stolen from your home or your car, right? God forbid, you know, someone gets hurt with that gun. You have on your soul, you know, bearing the responsibility of someone getting hurt, some little, you know, some child or some victim being a victim of a firearms accident because you were too lazy to actually secure your firearm. So purchase a container, a safe, or a container designed to secure a firearm. That little plastic box that comes with your gun is a trans- for transportation, not for security. So buy a good gun safe to keep those guns from the hands of children and criminals. And that's where these a lot of these guns come from, from, from the hands of uh, from guns stolen from homes and cars. I hear you on that, and there are a couple of quick points that I have on that. When it comes to children, I think that education is so important. Education from a very young age, because being from New York, where people are shielded from firearms, I had no education with respect to firearms, and you see that it's a common problem that when young folks do get their hands on firearms, they don't have the respect for the tool that's necessary to avoid these kinds of tragedies. And unfortunately, we see a lot of bad things come from them. So, And there are, lots of, there are lots of reality buffers, right? You know, a lot of the experiences that individuals have um, with firearms come from the TV, the movies. from movies. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, you know, the life is not Call of Duty. You can't reboot. So, you know, if you mm-hmm. have a firearm in your home um, or you're planning on having one, it behooves a responsible parent to, to educate and to expose the children on their terms, on the parents' terms to firearms. The Eddie Eagle Gun Safe Program, the NRA says there are four things that kids should learn how to do if they are somewhere and they find a firearm. is stop, don't touch, run away, tell an adult. I try to insert tell a responsible adult because not all adults are responsible, <laughs> but stop, don't touch, run away, tell a responsible adult. If you teach kids these things, they're much safer. You don't want to task the child for determining who is or is <laughs> not a responsible adult. But one of my favorite stories I was with you when uh, a student of yours came on in and they were discussing the fact that they were concerned about having a firearm in the home because they had children. Oh, that drives me crazy. And your response was, well, your kid hasn't eaten lead paint yet, right? And they looked at me like, because uh, you see the neurons firing, it was short-circuiting, right? They're like, yeah, you, has your kid eaten lead paint? 
I love that because you put the responsibility back on him. You know, you said you've got to educate your kid and you've got to take the the measures to ensure that nothing uh, tragic happens as a result of having. It's called parenting. I had a parent. You know, she made sure that I'm. You know, that I was parented. You got cars and the keys to a car in in the home as well, right? Absolutely sharp objects. Yeah, electricity. You have toxic chemicals underneath your sink, right? Sure. So. Another thing I wanted to mention, you talked about having firearms stolen from a home. Sometimes Philadelphia uh, really gets carried away here. And and what they do is there's a standard that must be met to have a license to carry firearms. And under this standard, if someone has a character and reputation that suggests they'd be a danger to the community, then they're ineligible for a license to carry firearms. Now, uh, whether their character and reputation meets that criteria is determined by the chief of police in Philadelphia or the sheriff if you're outside of Philadelphia, uh, if you're out of county. So uh, one time I saw somebody who had their license revoked because his firearm was stolen from his home. The problem is the firearm was locked up in a safe and the burglars simply stole the safe. Right, right. And his license to carry firearms was revoked uh, because of that. Now, as a gun owner, I don't know what more you can do to be more responsible than that other than not owning a gun at all. I don't think you, you you could anticipate preventing somebody stealing your safe that's bolted into the ground so well philadelphia is an interesting animal and again i've had scores of individuals that have had to take my course for that one individual that sticks out in my mind is a is a philadelphia firefighter who got his gun stolen from the trunk of his vehicle because he realized that he didn't make a reasonable attempt to secure that firearm he just put that gun in the trunk and it got stolen um while parked in front of the uh, the fire station so mm. he had to come and take the nra basic pistol course to get a certificate to go ahead and to check challenge the uh, that determination by the gun permit unit because it's at the you know it's at the discretion of the Philadelphia Police Department gun permits unit um, and all those individuals are kind of quasi extensions of the uh, of the police commissioner here in Philadelphia so it's an interesting process when that happens so a little education you know really goes a long way and a little common sense secure your gun both in your home and in your vehicle the second, uh, the second uh, responsibility, uh, gun responsibility, is ensure that when we're handling our gun, we do so safely. We handle that gun f- firearms uh, in general in a safe manner. And we don't learn firearm safety by handling guns. The only way you learn firearm safety is by taking a certified course with an instructor where we teach you all the mistakes you're making and we and we open your eyes so that you realize how unsafe you are. I tell people this, you know, we're not going to make you a safety uh, uh, expert. We're going to show you how to realize when you're making mistakes so that you can learn from those mistakes and start making less mistakes and, and, uh, and, and become safer that way. And then the last firearms uh, owner's responsibility is ensure that you know the laws, that you understand the laws having to do with use of that gun, okay? Make sure that you know when you can even show the gun, where you can and can't have that gun, how to transport the gun, you know, when deadly force is justified, what's what's a castle doctrine, where can you stand your ground and when can't you, do you have a duty to retreat, where can you, how to transport that gun? These are individual, you know, questions that you need to be able to answer because if not, it's going to be really, really expensive hiring a lawyer from what I hear, Mike, huh? What do you say? It sure is. And particularly in the context of the use of deadly force, if you've decided to own a firearm, the chances are you've decided that you'd be willing to use a firearm. God forbid it came down to it. More on that when we come back to Locked, Loaded, and and Legal. Hi, Jose Morales here. 
Mike and I want to take a minute to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to us. If you find the broadcast interesting or informative, please tell others about us and consider showing your support either by becoming a patron on Patreon or through a donation on PayPal via the links at LockedLoadedAndLegal.com. Thanks again and stay safe. And we're back with the Locked, Loaded, and Legal broadcast. Like we've mentioned, we're here for you, the listener. So tell us what you think. Go to LockedLoadedAndLegal.com. You can find our contact information and our social media profiles. When we left, we were talking about the laws of deadly force and why it's important to understand the laws of deadly force. If you've made the decision to purchase, own, and possess a firearm or to carry a firearm, it stands to reason that you've made the decision that, God forbid it came down to it, you would be willing to use deadly force to protect yourself or to protect a loved one. And it's incredibly important that people understand that just about every time you pull that trigger, it's going to be considered deadly force. Deadly force does not necessarily have to kill somebody, particularly here in Pennsylvania. Uh, It encompasses any type of force readily capable of causing death or serious bodily injury. No dead body necessary, as I like to tell people. So if you're gonna be willing to pull that trigger, uh, you'd better know the laws of deadly force. Like we mentioned, if you're interested in attending a seminar and learning the laws of deadly force, go to gunlawseminar.com. Now that being said, Jose, I think there are a lot of practical considerations that come into play when you decide to purchase a firearm. So what are some of the things that you encourage your students to explore? Well, it's funny because I love in your seminars when you say a 22 to the toe <laughs> is the same as a 45 <laughs> center mass, you know? And it's absolutely true. It absolutely true. You know, if you point the gun in the person's direction and discharge it, right? That's using uh, readily kind of, capable of causing death or serious bodily injury can certainly make that argument. And the things that people don't realize is that we have to be mini lawyers. I mean, we have to know this stuff. It, we just can't rely on hire. We could rely on hiring an attorney after the fact. But this whole broadcast is to educate individuals so that they uh, make the right decisions and gain the right knowledge prior to needing it, which is right. really, really important. So very few people think about prior to purchasing a firearm if that firearm, if the use of that firearm is in accord with their values, are prepared to maybe even take a human life if they absolutely positively had no choice. I have uh, students that sat down with me and I asked them, can you take a human life? And they go, I don't know. I never thought about it. And I go, well, you really need to think about that. You need to think about whether your religion permits it. You you need to think about, you know, whether your moral standards let you do it. Are you going to be willing to suffer the judgment of family, of friends? Maybe even your own family is going to be judged. Your children are going to be judged uh, by individuals that may not even realize or share your enthusiasm or, you know, your belief in an option to protect yourself. So we need to think about these things prior to using them. We don't want to figure it out or try to figure it out while um, the alarm is going off at two in the morning. These decisions need to be made and you need to reflect on this prior to even picking up a firearm. And if the question is, I don't know, maybe I'm not sure. Well, you know what? There are solutions for that. A firearm is not the tool for you if you haven't made that mental commitment to use a firearm and only if you absolutely positively had no choice. Again, we hear, right? Have you ever heard someone say to you, Mike, I have a license to carry. Who do you want to shoot? 
Oh, absolutely. I had a guy ask me that exact question. I was at a barbecue <laughs> in New Jersey at my I'm father I'm like, absolutely house. nobody, tough Wait, guy. Somebody tells him what I do for a living. So he asks, you uh, you, ca- you own guns? Yeah. He says, you, you carry a gun? Sure. Everywhere I can legally carry. And so his question was, why do you need a gun? Do you really think you're ever going to get so pissed off that you're going to uh, want to shoot somebody? And that's and the total clear, opposite yeah, of clearly, Listen, if that's the attitude you have or the the reason you think is acceptable for carrying a firearm, then, then you you've got a lot friend. to learn, and, and you're probably not the person who should be carrying a firearm. you got to get that resolved uh, first, if, if you ever can, hopefully. Um, but no, it's it's for the situations where, God forbid... God forbid it came down to it that I needed to protect myself or to protect a loved one, and and most people I speak with agree. And the bottom line is that we're taught from the time that we're very young that it's wrong to hurt, let alone kill another human being, unless you've got a pretty good reason. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, Second Amendment advocates and firearms enthusiasts and gun owners in general, you know, we have a respect for life. You know, that's the reason why we, we, you know, we train, we educate ourselves and we purchase firearms because we want an option to protect ourselves and protect our families. And the last thing we ever want to do is to use the gun. I, if I can, if I never have to unholster my gun, I'll be a happy man uh, for the rest of my life. But I also want an option to protect myself. So we need to think about these things prior to purchasing a firearm. And again, uh, it's, you'd be surprised at how many people don't think about these things. They don't make that commitment to actually educate themselves and they don't think about the aftermath of that decision, you know, prior to purchasing a gun. Right, and people may disagree as to when it becomes appropriate to take another life to protect yourself or to protect a loved one, but the bottom line is the law is the law, and it's important to know and understand that law and abide by that law. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and again, you know, to, to kind of just put a, a, a kind of a cap on the, the points I was making earlier, when you're purchasing for a firearm or you're researching, don't assume that everybody that's associated with that firearm, that with firearms in general, is an expert of the gun. Um, again, I love my police officers, but just because you carry a gun doesn't make you a certified instructor. I know plenty of individuals who carry a uh, gun in the execution of their duties but are not master instructors and maybe cannot teach. Maybe they can shoot well and they can qualify, but they not necessarily um, are qualified to teach you or make the um, provide advice to you. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, both our friends and also in gun stores in general. And, you know, don't uh, ever assume that they, they are competent. Yeah, I had the misfortune, unfortunately, of meeting somebody who's very high up in the NYPD, uh, very close to the top at that point in his career. And I was very excited to meet this individual because it's after I had gotten into firearms and I was looking forward to talking guns with this guy. And I get there and start to initiate the conversation and it turns out that he did not like guns at all. He only (laughs) shot when he needed to qualify and that was really it. So. Uh, just because their profession involves firearms to some degree does not necessarily mean that uh, they're the most qualified to provide advice. Well, you got to realize they're just people too, you know. And again, if they where do they come from? If you're from New York, like we're both from New York, we never see a gun. They probably aren't gun people. They didn't grow up in a home with guns, hunting and shooting on weekends. So their only experience really was in the, at the academy. And then one of the personal issues I have with qualification, and it drives me bananas, is that when someone says, well, I qualified, or they're in the military and uh, they think that that's their badge to be able to, to shoot firearms properly, 
qualification is just taking the largest number of people to the lowest common denominator as quickly and cheaply as possible. Mm. Basically, it, all you have to do is score the bare minimum and you're qualified. So you and I can both be in the academy, Mike. You qualify expert. You don't miss a shot. I sneeze my last shot and instead of uh, failing, I pass. Mm. We're both qualified. We're both not competent, but we're both qualified. And again, this is not to say anything disparaging about police officers, second, first responders, uh, individuals in the security field. Not everybody who has a gun is a master of that gun, and we need to um, refer to people who are masters of that those tools, both legally and practically, in order to get the the right information. And, you know, a thing that people also need to do, especially here in Philadelphia, is uh, take the time to apply for a license to carry. Uh, apply for your license to carry. Even if you decide not to ever carry a firearm, you have the option to, number one, and it legally protects you uh, in certain scenarios, which we'll talk about in other episodes as well. But I've seen uh, situations where individuals left their guns un unbeknownst of the law. They put their they unholstered their gun because they're going into the uh, into the uh, the bank and they think they can't carry in a bank. Now their significant other is in that vehicle with a loaded gun and they um, are a felon because they can't be in a, in a vehicle with a loaded gun unless you have a license to carry, right? Well, there are certain exemptions that come into play between spouses and things of that nature, but I think that's a discussion for another episode, Jose. But again, we just want to underscore the importance of being proactive and the importance of realizing that it's a life-altering decision and it's your responsibility to educate yourself. So with that, we want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Locked, Loaded, and Legal. We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jose Morales and I'm Mike Jeremita. Take care, folks. Be safe. You've been listening to another episode of Locked, Loaded, and Legal. Promoting firearm safety, training, and education so you don't have to learn the hard way. Brought to you by Philly Firearms Radio. For more information and to show your support, visit us at LockedLoadedAndLegal.com.